that uh, you're here to uh, worship with us, like Ben mentioned, and wrapping up the series called The Blueprint, which we've been spending the last couple weeks talking about. And the idea of a blueprint I'm going to talk uh, a little bit about in a moment, but w- where we've been the last couple weeks is we talked about this picture that Jesus wants our life to be about. And it's found this picture uh, in the book of Matthew and various places in scripture that can be known as like the Great Commission. And a commission is something that we don't really use uh, a lot, that word uh, many times today, but it's this idea that you have, you've been granted the power to perform certain acts or a certain duty. And Jesus, uh, as he wrapped his life on earth, as he wrapped up his life, he gave this commission, which is basically telling those that wanted to follow him, this is the life that you need to live. This is the blueprint that you need to use to build your life on. And I want to review this passage because we're going to be launching from this again as we wrap up this series. And it's found in Matthew 28 and it says this, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the father and of the son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. And so two weeks ago, we talked about Jesus plan for growing Christianity. In fact, Jesus plan for people to come to know him is one called discipleship. And that's people that decide that they are willing to commit and surrender their life to Jesus Christ as the boss of their life. And through that commitment, they're willing to do whatever that means or demands. It's basically you give Jesus your life and you say you you lead it as you see fit. Now, it's not a blank slate. It doesn't mean that you're a blob and your life just is there, but it really means that you're actually going to give yourself to the things that are really important to God and to model your life after Jesus himself. And so we talked about what that looks like. Uh, last week, we talked about uh, the second part of this passage, which is baptism and how that's important as we identify uh, who we're connected to. And a Christian, once they're a disciple, once they've decided they're going to follow Christ and be a learner and do exactly it is what God wants them to do, Part of that process is being obedient. And one of the ways that we do that as a follower of Christ is you identify with him through baptism. We talked about that last week. Uh, Today we're going to talk about the last part of that passage, which is the teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And we're going to talk about this idea of obedience and how crucial that is. If you want to build the life that God wants for you, or if you're checking out what it means to live the Christian life, It really is summed up with this idea of discipleship and obedience. Those two go go hand in hand. And a blueprint uh, really guides construction. And so what Jesus is doing here, he's saying, here's how you need to construct your life. And you, you see it in just two verses. And the good thing about scripture is those aren't the only two verses we've been given. There's many, many commands and verses and help perspective and different values that you find as you read it. And you get this picture of, okay, this is the kind of life that I need to live. It's one of being a disciple, identifying with him, and obeying everything that he commands. What you find is the quality of what you build uh, is really determined on the blueprint that you have. If you're like a winger and you don't follow plans that closely, I'm kind of like that. Like, I think I'm going to do it, and then I start, and in the middle of it, I realize I have no idea how to do it. If I'm building like a toy, if I'm trying to, I'm, I'm what they call like the MacGyver, but I just use duct tape 
a lot. MacGyver had skills. He knew how stuff worked. I just kind of like glue, tape, and stick stuff together. That's kind of my idea of building. And like I talked about as we kicked off the series, you don't want me as the architect uh, building your add-on to your house or building a house or working on your car. Many things that involve constructing of something, I, you, you don't want me around. I, I don't really know how to do that stuff. You know, I've learned, but I, you know, I'm not that great. But what I've learned is the best that I can do is as I follow the instructions. And what you find in life, it's the same thing. A lot of times we have this perspective in life that we just live it and experience it. And like we do what we want to do. And you think like, I don't need a plan. I'm just living life. Don't you, man, don't you guys hear that all the time? It sounds so awesome. Like you just wake up and what are you going to do? I don't know. I'm going to live. Like you're going to work. I don't know. Maybe, but I'm going to live. And like, it sounds really good. And we kind of grow with this picture of like life is just, it's like a party that you experience and that you just encounter as it's thrown at you. And that's kind of like the person that decides to build and doesn't have a plan. You need a plan. How are you going to know what your life is going to look like? And so it's very crucial to follow the right plan. And so here's a sobering thought I, I want to share with you. So the quality of your life is determined on the blueprint that you have. More importantly, the blueprint that you choose determines the life that you live. Let me say that again. The blueprint that you choose determines the life that you live. And so if you approach life haphazardly or as a blank slate or just trying to take it all in as you experience it, what kind of a life are you building? Do you just react to the things that come? Do you just kind of feel it in the moment? What kind of a life are you living? Now, if you kind of want to know what some common blueprints are, turn on your radio station or buy like, you know, the top five songs on iTunes. And each song that you listen to usually has a blueprint. And what they're saying is, is this is what I'm building my life on. And, you know, you listen to the beat and you kind of, you know, you're, you're grooving in your car. And if you ever listen to the lyrics, it's kind of like sobering. You're thinking, really? Like, does that how, is that how life works? And so... I have never bought a Miley Cyrus song until this week. So this is confession. We're all just getting it out here. Okay. Uh, this week I decided to, to buy a song and um, it's called We Can't Stop. And where did Hannah Montana go? You know, that's all I want to know. Where is Hannah? She's gone. But Miley's here. And I want you guys to listen to this song and you're going to see it. Uh, see the lyrics on the screen. Why don't you check it out? I listen to lots of different kinds of music, right? And I'm just rocking along like, you know, got, okay, I, I, I don't do that when I'm driving, but I just realized I literally didn't even realize I was moving until I looked out and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm in public. Um, but what I find is like, I, I play the, the song like in the minivan, you know, you turn the bass real you know, way up, you know, and then my kids, like my, my daughter, she's almost seven. And she's like, 
I was just picturing, like, if we listen to that song, it's our body, we could do what we want. I'm thinking, no, you can't. But I find that, like, we listen to songs, like, in our family, and I have numerous illustrations of, like, okay, we can't play that song anymore. Like, I love this song, and when they actually, my kids ask about the lyrics, like, what does it mean that we can do what we want and just party when we want, Dad? Well, that's one way you could live your life, hon. And I'm thinking, delete off of phone, delete off of phone. But this is like true that people write songs, they make lots of money, they get these interesting beats and it's catchy. And you listen to these songs and you kind of rock out and we all do this. And then you take a step back and you say, what are they saying about life? And Miley's having, she has a very interesting perspective. And it's a song and it's making her lots of money. I bought it. Right? However, she is also constructing the life that she wants to live that's based on this perspective. Don't tell me what to do. Don't tell me how to do it. I can do what I want. Why? Because it's a party. And that's what you do. If it's a party, we do what we want. And so Miley is is building a life based on this perspective. I don't know the degree that she is, but you look at stars in tabloids, you look at them on the news, and you see like they have a lot of perspective that causes them to do certain things, and they're constructing a life. So the quality of your blueprint determines the life that you live. It's true for all of us. Now, many of us aren't probably writing down our lyrics of like what our blueprint is, laying a track down, but you are by the choices that you make. You are by the time that you spend on different things. You are by what you spend your money on. That is what you're constructing, and you're constructing that based on what you think your life should be. So it's very important for all of us to to take a look and see, well, what, what am I actually building? What am I basing my life on? Like, what is your guide for construction? These are all really helpful questions because you, you take a step back. You have to see that you're not just building out of nothing. You're building out of something, whether it's your past, whether it's your upbringing, culture, what you value, what's really important to you. We're all building something. And what Jesus is doing here, he is saying, despite the things that you have experienced, despite the things that you know, despite the things you really appeal to you, you have to decide, will you build on this blueprint that I'm giving you? And that really is the picture of a disciple. You toss your blueprint, everything that you kind of decided your life needs to be, and you decide, will I take Jesus' blueprint for my life? Will I construct my life based on what he said? That's what it means to make him the boss. He gives you the guide so you can construct your life. So I want to spend the rest of the message looking at this idea of, okay, if you're a disciple and you do whatever he asks you to do, whatever that means or demands, and you identify with him, you're a part of his family, you're on his team, then there's this second part found in Matthew 28. I want to look at that again. It says, in teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. There's a very interesting word in that verse, and it's the word everything. Can you rationalize everything? Like, does it mean everything? It's a very interesting word. Obey everything. But what about this? Is that everything? Yeah. What about this? Is that everything? Yeah. And you find that Jesus is basically saying that your life is wholly committed. That's what a disciple is. Your life is wholly committed to him. In every way. 
And it doesn't mean you commit your life to Christ and all of a sudden, like, you start making all the right choices. Everything comes natural. No, it's a battle. And for the rest of your life it is. But it, there's this picture of every point in which you walk with God, he keeps showing you different ways that you can obey in everything, every aspect of your life. And so there's some perspective here I want to just talk to that, that's helpful. I know in me, as I've been just, from my life, just trying to learn what does it mean to actually obey in everything. Uh, I, I grew up going to church. And I have known lots of Bible stories since I was a kid. I've heard them in Sunday schools and different programs. And my head has been filled with a lot of knowledge. And depending on your church background, you may have a lot of knowledge as well. What Jesus is talking about here is not what you know, but actually what you do. And I know my, my own life, I know a lot more than I do. And Jesus is talking about this idea is, and not know everything I've commanded you, but obey everything I've commanded you. So he's putting this precedence on. It's not just knowing or hearing or listening. It's actually this life, the blueprint you're constructing by what you do. It's in the doing. And that, that is really sobering. In fact, sometimes it's, you're thinking, wow, but I, I know a lot. Doesn't that count? Well, knowing helps you to do. Because you can only act out of what you know. But to the degree to that you know more than you're doing, then, then where's the disconnect? And that's for a lot of us who follow Christ. There's this part where we know a ton, but we have to translate in that. Well, what does that mean for how I live my life? And what you find is as you decide along the way to obey in this little thing, you go further on the path. And then there's something else that you need to obey. And then there's something else that you need to obey. And there's something else. And that's the path what it means to, to walk with God. As people talk about walking with God, it's this journey where he's showing you continually again the path to obedience. And it, it, it is a challenge. Uh, Elizabeth Elliot said this regarding obedience. She was a, an author, some helpful perspective. She's walked with God a long time. She says this, most of our difficulties are not with what we don't understand, but with what we do. What she's saying there is the difficulty is we know a ton. It's not out of confusion that we're hitting a wall. It's out of the fact that we don't want to do what we know. I know for my own life, that's true. A lot of the difficulties I experience is I know what I should do, but I don't do it. And I need Jesus' help to show me, okay, well, what, what do I do with what I know? And, and that's what God does. He, he comes alongside you. He gives you your, his power as you walk with him, and he shows you the little steps to obey. That's in big things. It's in small things. But a disciple is somebody who's decided, I'm going to obey everything. And I'm not going to get it right all the time, and I'm not going to choose to make good choices, and I'm not going to choose the right attitudes, but I'm going to set my, my, my path, my heart, my mind, and I'm going to build on this blueprint of obeying Jesus whatever he asks or demands. I want to talk about why, why is this helpful? When, when we build on Jesus' blueprint and learn to obey, I want to just talk about a few of the things that happens. If you're, if you're wondering, well, that, that sounds like that is a big commitment. This idea of obeying in everything, how, how can I even do that on the front? And well, I want to paint a picture for you of the kind of life that comes about if, when you decide to obey Jesus. So I want to talk about this briefly. Uh, when we choose his blueprint... To build our life on and to obey in everything. Here's a few things that happen. The first thing is uh, he shows us more of himself. 
Jesus shows us more of himself. We can discover more of who he is. And as we get to know him better, it helps us to trust him. And as we trust him more, it helps us to obey him when we're not sure of the outcome. John 14, 21 says this, whoever has my commands and obeys them, he is the one who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my father. And I too will love him and show myself to him. So there's a direct correlation. The one who loves me is the one that does what I say. The one that does what I say, or does do what I say. I don't know if I even said that right. Um, I will show myself to him. There's this picture of as you begin to obey Jesus, you get to know him better. As you dig into the Bible and find out what it is you actually are supposed to obey him in, you get this picture what it means to walk with him. And so that's the the great thing about Christianity. You have a God that is completely almighty, that is completely powerful and could be completely unknown if he chose to be. But he decided that he wants a relationship with you and he wants a relationship with me, a relationship with us. And through that, he is known. And this limited view of who God is becomes expanded. As we obey him. We have this maybe this little picture, but as we soon as we choose to obey the little things, the picture becomes a little clearer. The picture becomes a little clearer. And before we know it, we've obeyed this God that in the beginning we, we knew somewhat about. But as we've obeyed him, we see him because he's shown himself. So you can see him clear. Life becomes more clear. It becomes into focus. And that, that's that's really helpful as you're building because if you have a blueprint and you have the list of all the supplies and you have all the manpower you need and you decide to meet and you lose the blueprint you may have all the supplies you may have all the manpower that you need but if you actually don't have the guide and you can't see what it is you're building you have a lot of wood you have a lot of nails and you have hammers and you have guys already use them like let's do it but you don't know what you're building how's that gonna go What Jesus is saying in here is if you obey me, I'll continue. This blueprint will be before you. It's not hidden. You'll know what to do with your life. There's not confusion. There may be times when you're not exactly sure what to do, but I will show you the way. That's what happens as you decide to obey him. There's a second thing that comes when you choose to obey him. Life actually goes well. Now, most of us are skeptic. We are. Because we've watched TV and like those three easy payments of something don't ever bring about the results that we thought it would. Turbo Jam, 2006. Never used it. But I, I swore that thing was going to help my life. Now I'm a skeptic. No, those things don't work. And what Jesus is saying is your life actually will go better. And it's not that it's removed of problems and there's not trouble and there's not pain that you experience. But it's just, again, this idea of you're making investment in eternity by choosing to follow the eternal God. And you're deciding to build this construction of a life that will withstand the problems that come. This is a great verse in uh, Deuteronomy. It says, Deuteronomy 5.20, Oh, that their hearts would be inclined to fear me 
and keep all my commands always. And so listen to this. So that it might go well with them and their children forever. This picture of obedience is actually not even about your own life. Now back to the Miley Cyrus song. Do you think she wrote that thinking like, you know what? This is going to help my kids and my grandkids live the life that they should. Well, maybe in her mind, if she makes enough money, she's thinking they're set, right? But this is talking about your life that you live, what you're building, the construction of your life actually has an impact on generations. We don't think like that because we think it's our party. It's my life. We're going to do what we want. The people of Israel in this passage were basically, if you obey him, life will go well. And so I've decided for myself, you know what? I can't really have the attitude of it's my life. I'm going to do what I want. I can say what I want, live how I want, party with who I want. Because I actually make an investment in my kids. And that investment I make in them, well, they'll make in theirs. And theirs and theirs. So I want to make sure I'm building the right thing. Life actually goes better when we follow his commands. It's the truth. The third thing is, too, that we're able to weather the storms of life. We're able to weather the storms. I mentioned this already, but there's a picture of when you're building on Jesus' blueprint, he's giving you the right foundation, a disciple. You're willing to do whatever he he asks of you. That foundation, you following him, is a foundation that cannot be broken by any storm. It's got rebarb. It's completely sound. It will not break. This passage talks about this in Matthew. It says, therefore, anyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man. Who built his house on the rock. The rain came down. The streams rose. And the winds blew. And beat against the house. Yet it did not fall. Because it had its foundation on the rock. Now listen to this comparison. But everyone who hears these words of mine. And does not put them into practice. Is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down. The streams rose. And the winds blew. And beat against the house. And it fell with a great crash. This speaks again to a disciple. It's not just the one who hears. And there's a part of us, as we talk about kind of what our life's about, we get into the the idea of, well, it's whatever makes me happy. It's whatever makes them happy. They can do what they want to do. I can do what I want to do. That's true. But you're still building on the rock or the sand. And the person described in this passage built on the sand They actually can hear. They may know what the truth is. They may have a lot of knowledge about God. They may have a lot of understanding of who he is, what he said, what it means to be a Christian, what that looks like. They have maybe a picture in their head. But the bottom line is they have not obeyed. They've actually not lived it. They're not living it. And they have the wrong foundation because at the core, they're still the center of their life. They're still guiding and constructing their life. 
They're building. God is not. And so it comes down with this great crash. So this obedience thing is so crucial. We each have to decide, am I willing to do what Jesus says? And along the way, you know what that is. You have a choice. Okay, I need to do this or I need to do this. And if the pattern of your life, as Christ is leading you, is to obey rather than not, your life goes well and you can withstand the trouble that comes. That's a promise. That's very helpful for me because I know I experience pain, I experience trouble, and I experience things not exactly going like I thought. And it's not in my ability to problem solve. It's not in my connections or my networks, the people that I know. It's really my relationship with Jesus Christ that allows me to stand. That's it. I crumble. I do. I can't withstand it myself. And that's what a disciple realizes. No matter how smart knowledgeable, good-looking or not, you've decided you, you can't build the life God wants without him. You just can't. And you've decided that his blueprint is better than your own. Here's a promise that's helpful. As this is sobering, here's, I think, the kicker that brings it together. Jesus is with us to help us build. You're not left isolated trying to figure this out yourself. This is the last part of the Great Commission. He's given us power to do it. Why? Because I am with you always to the very end of the age. That's the promise. You need to make disciples. You need to be a disciple. You need to baptize them. You need to identify with him. And you need to obey in everything. And when you're freaking out because you're not exactly sure how it's all going to work, you're not exactly sure how to do it. There's the promise. I am with you always to the very end of the age. That's a beautiful promise. I want to turn the corner and talk about what, how do we actually do this? How do we actually construct and build on the blueprint that Jesus laid before us? This idea of making disciples and baptizing and obeying. And so I just want to give two thoughts to that. The first is, to build on Jesus' blueprint, you need to be careful to obey everything that Jesus commanded. This idea of careful, if you have something to write with, underline that in your your listening outline. Careful. You want to be careful to obey everything that Jesus has commanded. Your life, what you're building and constructing, people are, are looking at. Construction of your life is telling a story about what you value, what's important to you. And so as you live life, you want to think, okay, in my, in my finances, how do I obey everything Jesus commanded? As I relate to my kids, how do I obey everything that Jesus commanded? As I talk with my boss at work, how do I obey everything that Jesus commanded related to authority, related to what I say, what I don't say, to what I do, what I don't do? with your spouse, with your friend. You know, the list goes on and on into the different arenas of your life. But you're building this picture. And so we, we need to be careful to, to obey what it is that, that he wants me to. And here's the thing. A lot of times 
uh, back, you know, you hear a lot about farming analogy, kind of the seeds that you plant and then over time you don't see it. Well, the same is true here. As you choose to obey, sometimes it's not this, you know, you obey and then like 10 minutes later everything works out. It's more like parenting or farming. It's this idea of what you do now, you may not see the results for 10 to 15 years. I may should have said that on the front end because you might not have listened. Like, wait, what? 15 years now I'll know if this was even worth it? Right? But it's true. As I'm raising my kids, I'm not really going to have a full picture of what's important to them until maybe they're 20, 25. Lord willing, I'm going to see indications of that beforehand, but I'm making an investment. And the life they're going to live is, again, really crucial for how they obey or don't obey. God, importantly, their parents, the other people in their life that are authorities over them, it's all connected. But I don't know. So I'm making decisions now based on the promise of God that if I choose to obey, not exactly sure what the result is going to be or when it's going to be, but it's going to go well. That's kind of hard to chew at times. But the bottom line is, if I choose again to do my own thing, I don't know what that's going to look like, right? I may have my party and I can do what all I want, when I want, how I want. What happens when the party's over? So we're all building with this understanding. We don't exactly know how everything is going to work. But we do know the promises of God are true and they're real. And so we're making an investment. And in the future, you reap the rewards or you reap the destruction of them. But if you choose to do life God's way, he will bless you. I've experienced that firsthand in my own life. So the key question is, what, what's my next step to obey? I can't tell you what yours is, although each of us may have someone in here that we could think, I think I know their next step to obey, right? But that's not helpful. What I want you to do is think, what's your next step? What's my next step? Say that to yourself. What's my next step? And you think about that inside your head. What, what's your next step to obey? Because that may be the key right now where you're... Just wherever you are in your life, that may be a key to kind of crossing over to the life that God wants you to live. Just think about there. Is there something that you know you should have done and you've not done it? Or is there something you should do and you need to do it? Just think about that. And consider what, what is your next step to obey him? Whatever that may be. The second thing. Building on his foundation means you need to team up with the church to fulfill its mission of growing and making more disciples. There's this whole component of everything that we've talked about, which is a life cannot really do this isolated by yourself. Because as you're building and you're constructing, it's like you're, you know, you got these plans and you're just, you get tired and you're thinking, is this even worth it? And then you look. The guy next to you, and he's trying to live his life on the same blueprint. He's like, keep going, keep hammering that in. And maybe he even comes, and he's helping you hammer yours, and you're helping him. There's this picture here that you're building together. 
And that's what happens as the church. As we team up, God uses us for compounding returns. So we're connected to each other. We're committed to these things as disciples of Jesus Christ. And we team up. It makes a difference in the world. This is how Jesus grew the church. He modeled this to his disciples. They had disciples who had disciples who had disciples. And here in America, we've reaped the rewards of that. Something that happened a couple thousand years ago. Because they decided to team up and do this together. This is actually the mission of Church in the Valley. We want to help people become fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. And so on a Sunday when we come and we talk about things that are important to God, the intent is that we're teaming up to help people come to know him. And once they know him, we're teaming up to help them understand what it means to follow him. And as they follow him, we're teaming up so they know what it means to take their next step. And as they take their next step, we're there to help them see the next step they can take after that and after that and after that. And that should be happening to all of us. That's the picture of the community of the church working together. And even, you know, we have our kids in kids zone. That's a crucial component. We're teaching them. We have people who are committed to teaching them. What does it look like to obey everything that Jesus commanded you? So even what we do in kids zone is crucial because we want to help parents in painting this picture of what it means to follow Jesus. And it starts at a young age. And on a Sunday morning, what we talk about, we want it to translate into what you can actually do, what you can actually live, not just in the hearing. Again, because you can hear and know, but still build on the sand. But if you hear and do, you build on the rock. That's what we're working towards. And so if you've been kind of checking out our new church, and you're trying to figure out how you kind of fit or don't fit and why do we do certain things, the most important thing is this, this is our mission. We want to be disciples. We want to make disciples. And we'd love for you to join us in what we're doing. And if you're not a disciple yet, we want to help you become one. We're not going to come knock on your door. But we want to help give this picture of what it means to do that. We want to walk alongside you in that. That's what we're all about. So the first thing is, what, what's my next step to obey? The second question is, how can I serve in the church as a part of the team? If you're not helping at Church in the Valley yet, we would love for you to jump in and help in any way that you can. Every week it takes tons of people to pull off church. As you can tell, we're portable. We meet in a theater, and every week it starts again. I wake up and it's like, oh yeah, we've got to design church again. We've got to bring everything in. We'd love for you to help us in that. Whatever that you can do. By you contributing, God actually begins to work in you as well. And you help others. And so there's this picture of this is, is done in the context of a team. And so we would love to help you get to know us better, learn how you can Make a difference in Church in the Valley, how you can play a role. Uh, later in the month, we're going to be having something called Team Up. I'm giving you a heads up right now. Team Up is an opportunity for you to join the team in serving at Church in the Valley. Serving is critical for disciple. 
as you sacrifice your time, your sleep, your energy to help something bigger than yourself. That's critical. And so I want you to just begin thinking, how can I contribute at Church in the Valley? And so if you are serving at Church in the Valley, one way that you can is keep doing it. You know, there's those times when you like, wait, your alarm goes off on a Sunday and you're like, oh, man, what I would give for like a brunch, a little eggs benedict. Football season's going to start and then it's even harder. Like, oh, is that a 10 o'clock game or a 1 o'clock? And you hope for the 1 o'clock. Is that just me? Right? That goes on in all of us. But if you're serving, continue to serve. You make a difference. If you're not, jump in. I believe we will find work for you to do. We will. So I hope this has been a help, just giving you a picture of what the blueprint is that Jesus has given to us. So as I wrap up, you could take your your connection card, and I've already kind of mentioned the first two. Uh, Finish filling that out. If you pull that out, we're going to take our offering in just a moment. The band, if you want to come up and get ready for the next song, that'd be great. But on that connection card on the the back side, uh, we have next steps. And this is actually related to the doing, not just the knowing. And so here's some, some next steps. Obey Jesus by blank. Is there something that you think you need to do? Write it on there, whatever that is. Or maybe you just need it. I'm not sure. Pray for me. But if you have something, write it down there. That gives you a sense of that's your next step to take. Uh, contrib- contribute to the church team by One way that you can, if if you're not helping at Church in the Valley, we have boxes on the right side that say helping at Church in the Valley. So if you don't help and you'd like to help, check that. And we'll get you some information about how you can get started. Uh, Also, the Lord's Supper tonight, like Ben mentioned, if you're a follower of Christ, we'd love to have you come to that. And then the food bank uh, next week uh, on the 17th. Key way that we can make a difference in the community. Uh, disciples, we, we do that as well as we serve others. So let's pray together before we dig back into worshiping him. God, thank you for, you know, being the, the master builder. You, you give us this picture of the good life. And there's a lot of things that we want that we think are the good life, uh, but but are not. And so we, we just ask, God, that you'll... Allow us to see our blueprint, any flaws in our building, anything that doesn't quite match up. And I I ask God that you'll give us just the grace to begin choosing to obey in some of the little things. And when we mess up, God, we know that you give us another chance. And I thank you so much for that. So God, help us not to get bogged down on what we're not doing, but to focus on what we can do right now as we leave here. And so we need your help in the name of Lord Jesus. Amen.